Hello. Welcome to Postcolonial Space. I'm Masood Raja. Today I'm recording outdoors. This is our backyard, and I thought I should try it. Let me know what you think. And today I'll briefly talk about Marxism, but in very specific sense. My argument is that Marxism is the only form of political and economic thought and social thought that enables people to thoroughly challenge and maybe transcend any form of fundamentalist religious ideology or religious indoctrination. Now it goes without saying that Marxism itself can become a kind of orthodoxy, but I would like to explain and maybe assert here in the same vein as uh, Frederick Jameson who famously started his book The Political Unconscious with I think one of the most prophetic announcements by suggesting that I am here to offer Marxism as the ultimate horizon of literary studies. Of course, you know, I'm no Jameson, right? I'm just an average guy talking to you about literary studies and Marxism. But that's what I hope to do in this brief episode, to offer an argument in favor of Marxism as a form of knowledge and praxis that probably is the only non-religious way of thinking and living and practicing life that seriously brings any religious fundamentalist or other worldview to crisis. And I'll try to explain how and why. So if you have read Marx, especially Capital Volume 1, I think in the third edition of Capital Volume 1, in the preface, Marx explains his system. And in the process of explaining it, he says that he has inverted the Hegelian pyramid. What he means by that is that in Hegel, right, you take a thesis, you find its antithesis, then you find a synthesis, and you keep going on, but you're trying to look for the absolute spirit or whatever. But what Marx says is, I have inverted the Hegelian pyramid by suggesting that we already know that we have a material life, that we exist. Now let's look at the dialectical movement in material terms. How does a mode of production change? What kind of subjectivities does it create? So an important thing to understand for anyone who practices Marxism or tries to create a socialistic or Marxist world is an understanding of the constitution of human subjectivity. Now it goes without saying that in Marx you can already see that Marx is also fairly Hegelian because he does imagine a sort of a human nature, right? Otherwise, I mean, if there is no, nothing that comes naturally to us, what are we alienated from? So that problem is already there in Marx and has been addressed by, you know, some major scholars, including Franco Berardi. So, the idea is that it's not the consciousness that makes the man, that's a quote from Marx, but the material conditions in which we exist. That's the cornerstone of Marxian philosophy. Because if we believe that the material conditions create our consciousness, 
then we can imagine a class because if we share the same material con conditions, chances are our consciousness would be similar and then we can come together and constitute a class. But by not authorizing any spiritualistic or religious view of the world by focusing on how the world is, how does it function, how can it be changed economically and politically, what Marx then gives us a politics and an economics and a way of living which does not need an outside mediator, which does not need a text to tell us how to live our lives, which does not even posit an immutable human essence, right? Which basically tells us that we live in this material world and in this we work in solidarity with others. That the world is agonistic, there is always a conflict between a dominant class and all the others and the purpose of the dialectical movement and our praxis in it is to change the world so that those who work for a living with their hands or with their intellect inherit the world. All of that is done within the material conditions of the world, with praxis, with material struggle. There is no reference to here is a sacred text, read it and it will tell you how to be and then when you become that you will be a better person. So why am I saying that this is the most significant thing? Why am I saying that it's the biggest challenge to any religious fundamentalisms? Because the basic entry into Marxism requires you to shed whatever you believed in, in terms of religion, you know, or in terms of its dictates, right? And then articulate a new mode of existence, a new mode of struggle that doesn't rely on any divine intervention or any text or scholar or a priest or a rabbi or a mullah telling you how to live your life. That is why Marxism is probably the, the most effective way of challenging any entrenched fundamentalist religious ideology. Now think of it, where does the most challenges to Marxism or Marxian thought come from. Other than conservative economists, it's from the religious groups, the Christians, the Judaic scholars, the Muslim scholars. All of them oppose Marxian thought because it takes away their monopoly and knowledge, right? And it basically cuts across the very basis of their argument for a world according to whatever I believe in. So when you can introduce a Marxist or a Marxian way of looking at life and Marxian way of struggle, and by creating more and more people who believe in it, you already have started dismantling the cabal of religious scholars or anyone else who might incorporate you and me within their project and then give us some sacred text to say this is how you exclude some people and this is how you include some people. That is the potential of Marxist thought and Marxist practice. Now if you look at any religious ideology or any practice, if they are transformative in so many ways and I think religion provides some solace to a lot of people and some guidance to a lot, a lot of people, but by and large all religion are zones of exclusivity. By positing themselves as the absolute truth, they also must create an other. 
that other can be Muslims, Christians, you know, Hindus. And every religion pretty much then offers itself as a self-contained system, mostly not open to challenge. And then if you strictly follow it and go deeply into it, you would realize that if it is politicized, then it already must constantly posit an outside threat. It must constantly define the present from a point of view of the past, because that's where the sacred text is coming from. So the present is always tethered to a past in religious ideologies. And the future thus must also be defined by that past. And the most untenable place then for any religious ideology is the present, because that is where they see themselves, their way of thinking, their way of praxis in crisis. In opposition to that, Marxism is constantly connected to a utopian future, but it doesn't want the past to underwrite or to help us understand the present. The past is always already pre-capitalistic. The world is agonistic. There is a struggle going on. The future of it is that the proletariat will inherit the earth. Now, if they do so or not, it's besides the point. But the utopian project of Marxism is then connected to what we do in the present. And there is no master text from the 7th century or 2,000 years ago that determines how to think the present or how to think the future. The future emerges as we develop our thought and praxis in the present. And I think that's also another thing that only Marxism can do. Now, why can't liberalism and progressivism as we see it do that? Because you can be liberal and still be deeply religious. You can be liberal and still be guided by a religious philosophy, right? And that already inscribes you with a given logic of that particular religious philosophy. But also, progressivism or liberalism doesn't offer you a complete rewriting of the system, a complete re-articulation of the world in which we exist. And Marxism is the only project that does that. So that's why I think that because of its insistence as a system to leave your religious baggage behind as you enter the project of Marxism, may it be a Marxist political party, or, you know, autonomous Marxism, the prerequisite is to stop thinking the world through a religious or divine way of thinking the world and think it in material terms. And that becomes crucial in challenging all forms of religious fundamentalisms. So these are some of my thoughts. Uh, I am sure you can see and hear my chickens who have joined us in this conversation outdoors. Uh, but I thought I should record something outdoors, so that's why I'm doing it. So these are some of my just tentative thoughts on this subject, and I have thought about it quite at length. And some of these ideas I did discuss in my book, The Talibanization of America. Now, as I already said, I understand that Marxism itself has become previously and can become a, a destructive orthodoxy. So the project then is to make sure that it doesn't do that. And that's why 
to my friends uh, in Pakistan and India who call themselves Marxist, I always encourage them to, you know, go beyond Lenin, go beyond Marx, go beyond Trotsky, and, and you know, follow that beautiful strain that comes from Antonio Gramsci, from the Italian Marxist tradition, and the works of people like Carlo Versilone, you know, Mazurati, and, of course, Franco Berardi. So these are some of my thoughts on this complex topic, but I thought I should share these. Let me know what you think. And as always, you know, your ideas are welcome. I don't have all the answers. And most of the times, I don't even consider I am absolutely right in my assertions. But I thought I should share these with you. Thank you so much for your time. And I will now see you next time. Until then, from me and my chickens and cats, peace and love to all of you.